ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 83 of the Finger Guns Podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? And I'm joined by Mr. Greg Hicks. Good evening, one and all. How are you, buddy? Very well, thank you. Good, right, good. Weekend off work, can't grumble. Nice. I mean, I could, but this isn't the place for it. No, <laughs> no you, you've never grumbled on the podcast before. Video games and positivity. Yay. That's what we do. Woo. Mr. Tony Anderson. Uh, evening. How you doing, man? Good, thank you. Um, I'm good, but at the same time, I've had a week off work, and I'm looking at going back to work tomorrow morning when that's a bit sucky. So, mm. so there's there's good and bad, you know. I've had a week off, so I'm feeling good, but that's that's what I'm looking forward to now. I was about to ask you what you've been up to, but I know what you've been up to. You've just been playing video games. I've been playing shed loads of video games. <laughs> Too many. I've burnt myself out. <laughs> uh, no more video. A week before next gen, you're like, nah, I'm done. Yeah, well, I don't no have a games. console, so fuck it. Yeah, true. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, there's me trying to be positive and Toby. Toby's got a me. We're swapping roles. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Sean Davies. Hi. How are you, sir? Very well, thank you. How are you? Good. I'm all right. Yeah, really good. Uh, I'll tell you, I had sausage mash today. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. Sean's food of the week. There you with go. gravy and peas? Uh, peas, broccoli and gravy with the bit of mint sauce and the mashed potato. Oh, not bad. Oh, mint sauce. Not lovely. bad. Yeah. Mint sauce goes with anything. My wife was just in, in the best mood today. So, you know, we got we got a nice dinner. Good cool. Days. Cool. Good old Katie. What a legend. Cheers. And joining us for the very first time, Psych Tyson himself. Mr. Andy. Good evening. How are you doing? Good man. How are you? Uh not bad. I don't want to piss Toby off straight out the gate, but I'm actually just starting the week off. <laughs> the takeaway tonight, so I'm having a pretty good day. That is that is really horrible, man. <laughs> oh, boo fucking who I'm working out. <laughs> I have to go into my job, so shut up. <laughs> oh, I should say Mr. Andy Manson is well, yeah, I'm sorry for not uh, mentioning your surname before. That's okay. The, 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 if you want to get your jokes about oh, are you related to Charlie slash Marilyn slash Charlie, <laughs> please feel free to get them out of the way now because everybody does. That's fucking oh. low-level patter. We'll leave that at the door, man. Yeah, if you're, <laughs> going to take, if you're going to take away my material, there's no point in me being here. <laughs> right then, let's crack on. We've got a lot to talk about tonight, including the Avengers and Mass Effect, and of course, next week's Xbox launch. But first, we're going to go into our games of the week. So, Mr. Greg Hicks, what is your game of the week? It's still Hades, but that's, that's more of a byline because we know I'm addicted to that at the moment. No, my game of the weekend, funnily enough, has been Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remaster, and my review's gone up yesterday and uh yeah having not played the original i thoroughly enjoy it it's absolutely nails though it's 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 uh well it's of that era of like split second and blur where it's just fast paced you know highway sprints drifting around corners and it's probably the closest we'll get to a burnout takedown remaster without the uh, crash without the crash mode sure would you say it's it's the dark souls of need for speed games no, I actually said in my review, it's not the Dark Souls of Need for Speed <laughs> games, because I didn't want to make that cliched, hackneyed trope. But it's difficult. It took me a while to get used to, and I started off absolutely raging at it, and I'm kind of getting the hang of it now, but some of the um, some of the like gold mission parameters for time trials and stuff are they're insane. It's, it's that level of like trials type thing, we have got to keep going back. And it's, I don't know if I've got the perseverance to do so, so we'll see. Yeah, that is my game of the week, short and sweet, but I've only had the weekend to play it. But uh, yeah, really enjoying it. As far as remasters go, it's um, very good. 
Grand. Yeah, you can read Greg's review up uh, now. He said it's nostalgia done right, which I thought was a cool line. Thank you. Right. Mr. Toby Anderson, your game of the week, sir, of, of the many that, that you played. Have you got one? Yeah. So, very quick list. I've played the Volcaneer Yes Tomorrow Remothered, Stories Untold, Sakuna Rice and Ruin, East 8, and my game of the week is Chicken Police. Um, so Chicken Police is like a black and white, noir, hard-boiled detective mystery, um, but it's like a visual novel and a point-and-click adventure all at the same time. Um, it's just fantastic, really. The dialogue, the story, it's got a good uh, good set of characters to get behind. Two roosters who are, you know, down-on-their-luck detective and uh, ex-cop and his partner who's still on the force. And their names are things like Sonny Featherland and Marty McChicken and things like this. And it's just the most fantastic sort of pastiche of Raymond Chandler and um, all those sort of old noir movies, um, but just done with animals. And everyone's a sort of a human-shaped avatar with an animal's head, but it's quite well animated still, and it looks kind of fun. Um, but it's just, yeah, just brilliant. All the way through, I didn't see really much to take uh, issue with whatsoever. Um, and it got a 9 out of 10 from me earlier this week. Um, so I think, to be honest, it's coming out on like every system. So if you're even half interested in something like that, you should definitely check it out. It was um, really, really top-notch stuff. But uh, one of the best indies I've played for months. Really, really good. Wow, that's a big goal because you played a lot of indies this year. I've played a lot of indies. <laughs> yeah. But it's a good nice. one, a really yeah. good one. It looks like a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to jump in, hopefully soon. Uh, Mr. Andy Manson, what would be your game of the week? So I uh, was... Actually, going to come on and say for a minute, just to be wacky and different, you know, I have actually been revisiting Connect Sports uh, over the last uh, couple of days, uh, getting towards the Christmas period. We always bring the Xbox 360 back out for a wee bit of uh, party time. So the Connect Sports, the Dance Centrals, all the rest of it. So, but the real answer to this question, I'm still playing Dark Five um, off of the back of the review that I did for the site earlier this week. It's a, it's a very good game. I still have some frustrations as i said in the review you know sometimes the ai is a little bit frustrating but in general it's the last couple of patches have made real improvement to the the technical aspects of that game um it is at points a stunning looking game i'm playing it on xbox one x at the moment while i wait on the new console um it's just it's, it's very good dirt is as you know is kind of diverged into two different paths recently and the this one is the, the much the way I prefer playing these kind of games I'm much more of an arcade race and that's that's what dirt feels not that there isn't stuff there for you to mess around with if you feel like getting a bit more serious but yeah it's just it's a very fun game it focuses a lot more on things like rally raids and uh, ultra cross and, and things like that you know races against other people rather than against times so yeah, that's uh, I'm still playing away at that, and it's it's a very good game. Awesome. I was um, like I said the other day, I was playing, I was watching, sorry, a, a stream of the playground mode, and that looks worth the investment. To be honest, it looks like a lot of fun. It's yeah, it's very. Anyone who's played Trackmania, uh, I mm. think, is probably the, the the closest avatar you can get in, in terms of style of play for that. Uh, I don't have the patience or the imagination to build courses myself, if I'm being completely honest. But there are going to be so many courses there for you to play from other people that that won't be a problem. You won't necessarily feel like uh, you're missing out on anything through that. So, 
yeah, definitely recommended, and I'm I'm curious to see how it will look and run uh, on new consoles. Yeah, for sure. I always have this problem with like um, what's it called, Dreams and Little Big Planet and stuff. When you're just like, I don't know what to make a level out of, or Minesweeper. I can't even play Minesweeper. <laughs> it's nothing. It's not. Don't work for me at all. I need other people to make these things. Yeah, I'm like that with Super Mario Maker. I buy it purely for other people's courses. Yeah, and exactly. so it's like the you, you open the crate and it's like, huh. No, but don't know what I'm doing. Let's let's just play everyone else's. Yeah, that's yeah, the joy of those just, games. Yeah, it's just that I've I've never had the imagination for those things. You know, I struggle with like the booking modes and wrestling games and stuff. It's like <laughs> I just I, that's not for me. So yeah, definitely going to be paying attention to other people's creations. So. And finally, Mr. Sean Davies, your game of the week, sir. My game of the week is something called Battle Hunters. Now, I thoroughly didn't expect to enjoy this game. It's kind of got those those trailers where you look at it and go, huh, that's a most definite 5 out of 10. This game is surprisingly engrossing. It's about basically a team of uh, medieval fighters, but not all medieval because I've just stumbled into a spaceman, which is very weird. But anyway, <laughs> you basically, you act as, the player acts as this um, like team manager for, super, for these medieval heroes you every fight you basically have to manage what they do but you don't actually do anything with them so you basically say go and attack this player uh, this this orc go and do your special move on this orc i found it to be a very very uh, fulfilling time filler it's it's like it's on the switch now it came out on friday um i i would not say that this is a good game but i i will honestly say that i've sat down and said i'll put 10 minutes into this and then two hours later i'm like huh okay that was two hours that I feel very satisfied by, but like I don't feel like I've been completely entertained. It's like the, the kind of game you can play while watching Netflix. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very nice looking game and it's out now and there'll be a review up on the website very soon. Awesome. And that's Battle Hunter. Battle Hunter. What a nice generic video game name that is. <laughs> I know that's, I mean, that's when you look at it, it just does look like, you know, get video game the game. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but but it, it, it does have some charm to it. How about you? What's your game of the week? My game of the week is Fuser. Man, harmonics are back. I mean, that is enough to get very excited about Fuser. It's been getting some really solid reviews, and I'm really happy for harmonics. It's like, they seem to have taken a bit of a uh, bit of a beating after, you know, DJ Hero didn't do all that well, and obviously, you know, they've been around with Autica and Drop Mix and things like that. But to come back and kind of like go multi-platform with a game that is really genuinely fun and quite easy to get into, very difficult to to kind of master, and a campaign that's packed with things to do. I love the selection of music. It's such a vast range of genres. You know, the just today I was mixing DMX and Banana Armor with a bit of Shania Twain, and dropping the uh, the vocals of Killing in the Name of on top of it. You know, and for some reason it just works <laughs> and it just melds really, really well. I don't know if there's been you know a real consideration as to what songs would go well with each other, or if they've just gone for the ones they could get and see what happens with the audience and see what they can create but it's a hilariously fun rhythm game. And it's something I've really, really missed just to mess around with a music game. And nobody does it better than harmonics. And so I'm having a great time with it. Um, have you played it a little bit, Sean? I believe as well. 
yeah 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 I, I would totally agree with everything you're saying i um i found some songs i do get the feeling that some songs are in there because they could have them um but i, I found putting basically rick rolling myself very fulfilling um basically rick astley's never going to give you up mixes with everything there's nothing that it doesn't go with so i've been happily just dropping that into <laughs> and the crowds love it every time you know yeah so yeah, <laughs> yeah. i found um they love smash mouth as well yes a little yeah. bit of all star they drop it in very nice there's 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 so many brilliant combinations out there that basically every song is split into four different types so you've got your vocals your drums your melody and something else and it's just like the separating them out and putting them together, like um, putting Killing in the Name of with Salt and Pepper. Like it just does, yeah. shouldn't work. It shouldn't work, but it does. It and, does. Like, and I don't feel like I've made anything bad yet, which is, and I've tried to make stuff bad. Yeah, that's the weird thing about it, isn't it? It just all gels. Yeah. like they, In they, some way. <laughs> like um, Happy, um, Pharrell's Happy. Yeah. Um, they've sped that up in certain, like, so the lyrics are really quick but it still works so yeah i'm so, i'm super impressed with that game yeah it's great i highly recommend if you're looking for a music rhythm game to kind of play with your family over christmas then highly recommend fuser it's great i also beat watch dogs legion this week going for the platinum the platinum's going to be tough i think there's like drink in every pub platinum and that would be fine but they don't tell you which ones you've already been in so I could just like endlessly go around and around and never find the end. So that's, that's a, a bit of a pain. That's an excellent pub crawl, though. Oh, <laughs> keep, your own, keep your own checklist that slowly gets more and more slanted on a piece of paper. Because you should be taking a drink yourself in real life every time as well. <laughs> that's a good idea. I got the plan. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> At what cost? Uh, my liver. Right then, let's move on to... That's uh, the quiz. We're going to do, we're gonna do the quiz now. The quiz, Sean's quiz, which he's scared us all with this week. Okay, yeah, we shall you, see what happens. Can't wait. I, I, I took inspiration for this quiz, this quiz theme from real, real world events of this week. Oh, <laughs> so well, what's, yes. uh, what's, uh, what's happened this week? Is it, not, this week? is it not even a video game quiz? <laughs> it's a this, politics quiz. This quiz is all about um, the United States of America and their president. If you've never done this before, I'm going to ask the 10 questions. Um, the guys are going to write down their answers. And towards the end of the podcast, we're going to get the answers and we're going to find out who has won. Are you guys ready? You got pen and paper ready? Hell right, yeah. Granddad. Okay. Question one. In which video game does a president say, hey dudes, thanks for rescuing me. Let's go get a burger. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> oh god, I, I can see game. where this is going already. I know the game, but it's got such a stupid ass title. I can sort of see it, but I can't think what it is. Yeah. Question one In which video game does a president say, Hey dudes, thanks for rescuing me? Let's go get a burger. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> okay, question two. Which president and first lady appeared in both NBA Jam and Ready to Rumble Boxing Round 2? Tumbleweed, Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's almost like you're doing that to make us say the answers. 
In question two, which president and first lady appeared in both NBA Jam and Ready to Rumble Boxing Round 2? I remember those games. I remember beating up Michael Jackson. Yeah, was... <laughs> I remember. Oh, with Afro Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> okay, question three. Fictional president Howard T. Ackerman, portrayed in full motion videos by J.K. Simmons, appears in which video game series? Oh, Is he for pictures of Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> the question three, fictional president Howard T. Ackerman, portrayed in full motion videos by J.K. Simmons, appears oh. in which video game series? Is it, are you asking what series he's in when he's playing I'm asking, President? Oh, wow. Fuck, I know it, but I, I don't. Ah. <laughs> I'm asking what series of video games the president... Howard T. Ackerman appears in. Okay, I think I got it in that case. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, stop saying Spider Man. I know he's in Spider Man, but it's not the one. It's not what we're talking <laughs> uh, about here. The old misdirection. <laughs> okay, question four. In which Resident Evil game do you start a campaign campaign by killing the President of the United States? Do I get a bonus point if I tell you whose campaign it is? No. No. It's the only question I'm going to get right. <laughs> <laughs> question four. In which Resident Evil game do you start a campaign by killing the President of the United States? Why would you do that to yourself? Yeah. All right. Question five. Which American president features as a guest fighter in the Fight Club video game? Fight Club. Oh, yeah. Fight Club. As in based on the film. Yeah. I was like, I was thinking like <laughs> Drive Club. I thought it was one word then. I was like, Fight Club. Fight Club. Oh, Fight Club. <laughs> Um, Question five: Which American president features as a guest fighter in the Fight Club video game, alongside Fred Durst, before you start doing Limp Bizkit lyrics? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Jared Leto's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Question six. In 2006, Sam and Max saved the world episodic series from Telltale Games, rest in peace. One of the title characters becomes president of the United States. Which is it? Anybody want to go for a beer? I just try to remember which one's Sam, which one's Max. <laughs> <laughs> Question six. In 2006, Sam and Max saved the world episodic series from Telltale Games. One of the title characters becomes president of the United States. Which is it? Okay. Question seven. Which 2019 third person shooter made use of the White House as the player character's base of operations? Ah. Told you, I started to scrape the barrel from question seven onwards. <laughs> I know this one because we played it. <laughs> Wait, did we play it? Um, maybe. It doesn't sound like something we would do, I'll be honest. Well, <laughs> Playing play game together. Game together yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> In question seven, which 2019 third person shooter made use of the White House as the player character's base of operations? Okay, question eight. 
Which 2014 action game featured an American senator that shouts, he'll make America great again? Horrible foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> now, question eight. Which 2014 action game featured an American senator that shouts, he'll make America great again? I wonder if Trump played it and went, yes. Slogan. <laughs> Okay, question nine. Which game series features a president of the United States called John Henry Eden, which is actually an AI and an amalgamation of the personalities of all of the previous presidents of the United States? Which series or which game? Series. I think fuck that. Because <clears throat> I'm pretty sure he appears in two. Question nine, which game series features a president of the United States called John Henry Eden, which is actually an AI and an amalgamation of the personalities of all of the past presidents of the United States? And finally, question 10. In which Assassin's Creed game do you fight against George Washington in order to stop him from becoming the king of the United States? <laughs> Question 10. In which Assassin's Creed game do you fight against George Washington in order to stop him becoming the King of the United States? Well, well, that was hard. I think I think the obvious ones that I think are obvious I probably haven't got, and I might have got some of the obscure ones by chance. That was a bastard of a quiz. Thank you, Sean. I, start, I started mm. really badly, but I think I think the last four I might have got. Yeah. The rest were hard. <laughs> mm. Andy, how'd you get on? After the first two, when you started talking about games that were made in like after like 1990. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm great for the first two. After that, I might, uh, might be a better struggle. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, well, thank you, Sean. Uh, that was a pleasure. <laughs> what an absolute treat as ever. <laughs> we're going to make some easy ones for these days. You'll just see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, right then, let's get into both barrels. Both barrels is where I run through this week's biggest news and then we end on a giant topic for all of us to discuss. So, kick back, relax. I will go through this week's biggest news right now. Grand Theft Auto and Borderlands publisher Take-Two Interactive is currently in talks to acquire Codemasters, the UK publisher and developer responsible for the likes of Dirt and F1. As supported by VGC, Take-Two, which already owns publishing labels 2K, Rockstar Games, and Private Division, announced it had made a non-binding proposal to acquire Codemasters' entire share capital in an internal statement recorded earlier today. Should Take-Two decide to proceed with the offer once confirmatory due diligence is complete and other conditions have been met, Codemasters said its board intends to unanimously recommend that its shareholders accept the deal. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order becomes available as part of EA Play subscription, this week on the 10th of November, which is also the launch day of the Xbox Series S and X. Microsoft recently announced it would wrap EA Play within its own Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription, meaning anyone with a subscription to that will be able to play Jello Fallen Order on their new consoles next week. The official date for this, all to go live, is also the 10th of November. Remedy have delayed its upcoming next-gen version of Control Ultimate Edition to early 2021. Remedy have said via Twitter, we want the final quality of the game to be awesome, and so we need a bit more time to work on it. Thank you for your understanding and patience. 
You'll still be able to play Control Ultimate Edition on PS5 and Xbox Series X, though, via backwards compatibility, just like the regular version of Control, of course. But Ultimate Edition owners will have to wait a little bit longer for the next-gen shininess they've paid for. Control's Ultimate Edition is the only way to get the specific PS5 and Xbox Series X optimized version of the game when it does release, now sometime early next year. And we're very happy about that. Honest. Never. It definitely are. And finally, it's no surprise to anyone, but in the midst of the upcoming next-gen consoles, Nintendo have recorded huge profits for 2020 and raised its financial forecast for the year as it sold millions more Switch consoles and tens of millions more copies of both new and evergreen games. Super Mario 3D All-Stars have shifted 5.2 million copies in just 12 days. Nintendo sales data only runs up to September the 30th. A total number perhaps boosted by Nintendo's bizarre decision to remove it from sale at the end of March. Animal Crossing New Horizons has now won an incredible 26 million sales since launch in March. Double the sales of predecessor New Leaf, its enormous sales pace is just behind the Switch's top-selling game and longtime evergreen seller Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is now on 29 million. Pokemon Sword and Shield sales have grown to 19.2 million combined units, which makes it the best-selling pair of Pokemon games since Gold and Silver back in 1999. And that, my friends, is Both Barrels. Man, people keep saying, you know, oh, well, the Switch isn't going to do anything against the Series X and the PS5. The Switch is fine. The Switch is going to live forever. This thing is insane. 26 million copies of Animal Crossing are sold, and that's just at the end of September. You know, since then... how many um, Pokemon have sold? Because I, I always think of my, as, like, the original Pokemon as, like, that's the Pokemon, you know, that's the biggest time Pokemon ever was, because we were all into Pokemon cards, and we were all playing it and stuff. But it was bigger at times when I've not even realized it was out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, 19.2 combined units, it's, they're essentially selling two games, aren't they? So yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, you can look at those numbers your own way, but yeah, it's interesting. All right, then, let's get into the big topic of the week, which is, of course, the Xbox Series S and X launches, which are now, at the time of recording, two days away. Next Gen begins in 48 hours, ladies and gentlemen, and we're all getting a little bit excited. None more so than Mr. Andy Matson himself, who has a Xbox Series S on the way, I believe. Indeed, yes, yes. That's uh, due on Tuesday, we're in a look. Fantastic. Now, I wanted to um, discuss with you kind of your hype levels and what you're excited about the, um, the next gen for, because, I mean, it's really close now. What are you, uh, how are you feeling right now? Yeah, I'm, I, th- I think people, if, and you would probably wonder why I'm, I've maybe gone for the S over the X, considering I am currently using a, a, an Xbox One X, but I'm sure uh, all of you will be able to talk about the fact that if uh, loading times get any longer in some of the games that we've had over the last 6 to 12 months, you might end up throwing the thing out the window. So honestly, whilst I am giving up some kind of graphical fidelity, uh, you know, dropping from 4K to a maximum of 1440p, but most likely 1080p. Um, I'm more than happy to make that sacrifice and uh, for the the much quicker loading times. You know the the better CPU, which in turn will you know mean much more stable frame rates. Um, you know I'm already in. Got to sound really poncy here. I'm already in the ecosystem. I have been for years. I haven't bought a physical game in probably talking three, three and a half years at this point. Um, so that's not a huge loss for me, the, the loss of the optical drive. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm very much looking forward to to being able to play these games more quickly. Um, 
quick resume seems like it will be a, a, a cool feature. Uh, not necessarily for switching between games. I don't necessarily think there'll be a lot of people doing that. But the whole idea of you being able to turn your Xbox off because you've got to go and do chores or, or, or errands around the house or anything like that, and then come back to the game a couple of hours later and be able to pick it up exactly where you suspended it is, is, is potentially huge, I think. Um, I'll be very stunned if Sony don't implement that at some point down the line for PS5. But yeah, just I think the quality of life improvements more than anything else are what I'm looking for. The, the, the drop from 4K to 1080p, the other reason I'm not too fussed about that is the fact that, you know, I'm no longer I'm no longer set up in the living room on the 4K telly. I'm now in what my wife is very affectionately called the swamp, which is a, a couple of IKEA tables with a couple of monitors, my PC, my, my Xbox, and it's an office chair. And uh, so, you know, I don't have the need for the 4K anymore when my monitors are only 1080p. So, yeah, very much look forward to, to seeing uh, just how quickly they'll be able to get things up and running with us and, you know, get some decent games on it. Yeah, that's a, the uh, the big kind of draw, I think, for the Series X and S is that the quick resume is hugely impressive. And the thing that people have been discussing about the Series S is the the available storage space. Do you think that will be a, an issue for you going forward? Or are you more I of a think, rotator? I think personally it's a little overblown. There will be people, people out there who I'm almost certainly are convinced that I'm just saying that to justify my own purchase. But I genuinely, at most, I've got like four games in the rotation at any one time. I've got my multiplayer game that I play with my mate on every Tuesday night. I've got Destiny 2, which, you know, the new expansion's coming. That'll be on there. Dirt 5, I'm keen to have a look at. And then it'll be whatever I'm reviewing for the site at the time. So, I mean, I don't see the, the lack of storage personally, for me, being a huge issue. I can understand why it will bother some people. And as other people rightly pointed out, if you're looking to expand your your storage, you know, the cost of the official Seagate uh, doofer will basically mean you're paying the same price as a Series X anyway, at which point yeah, go for the Series X. But, yeah, I don't see it being a huge problem for me personally. You know, at most I've got four or five games sitting on my system at any one time anyway, so. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm very, I'm very much like that as well. I mean, I can, I'm looking at a Series S as you know, I'm going for a PS5 this time around. And so the Series S for me would be a fantastic kind of like secondary console because yeah. there are Xbox exclusives that I really want to play like Halo, uh, Sea of Thieves. Um, looking forward going to like Halo Infinite and Gears Tactics and the medium all look very interesting. And so I think those would be the only ones that I'd really use it for. And so I think that storage space isn't much of an issue. And with backwards compatibility games, I'm writing an understand it that you can put them on, on onto an external hard drive and, and run them from there so yes i, I understand I've, i am the kind of saddle who does watch the the digital foundry videos and this stuff not necessarily because again i, I think it was necessarily going to drive my purchase or anything it's, it's just i've always been interested in the kind of tech side of these things and yeah they they did the comparison and you know obviously if you could get an ssd to run that stuff off more is the better, but it will run off anything that kind of has USB 3.1 on it. So, yeah, the backwards compatibility stuff is a, is a huge part of why I've stuck with Xbox this time as well. You know, 360, my, the 
360 is my favourite console of all time. I think I've built up a, a pretty decent collection of Xbox One games over the last seven years. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm happy to to have that as kind of my main box because yeah, it, it does everything I need it to do. Obviously, you know, in an ideal world, you would get the Series X and be completely future-proofed for that stuff. But yeah, I think Microsoft seem very committed to, you know, supporting this thing long-term. So yeah, we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah, yeah. They look like they're going to keep it going for, for years to come. They're really pushing the Series S now. I've seen uh, a lot more efforts for it than I have done for the X recently. Um, I mean, Phil Spencer himself has, has been out and said that he thinks over the life of both consoles, he expects the Series S to be the bigger seller. Uh, I'm assuming that that's off the back of, you know, the sales figures for the, the 1S and the 1X. Um, so, yeah, it only makes sense that they'll, they'll support this thing. Yeah, I mean, I think the X is for, like, the real hardcore people, isn't it? I mean, it's for those who want to get a PC but just can't quite afford a gaming PC. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Sean, you had, you've had your PS4 for a while and you did have storage issues a few years back, which led you to get a, a pretty hefty external hard drive. Moving forward to the PS5, which is due in your house in about a week's time, um, are you worried about the kind of 650-odd gigabyte storage space that they've confirmed for PS5? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, I... One of the great things about next gen is the fact that the the speed of the SSD should mean the games get smaller. You know, we shouldn't have to have 250 gigabytes of Call of Duty because the system should be able to call recall textures quicker, so it doesn't have to load them repeatedly. That is one of the you know the the things that a lot of the technical dudes that know what they're talking about have been saying, and this is why I think the storage issue will be a problem as much moving forward i think a lot of the games that are are cross-gen so we're built for ps4 xbox one xbox series x x and s and the ps5 they're going to struggle um because i don't think they're going to be able to take i don't think the architecture is there to be able to make that happen just yet um once you know once we're into you know full-blown next-gen productions i imagine that will be the case and if you look at things like the Falconeer uh, on on next gen, it is um, just a few gigs big, and it is 4K at 60 frames per second. Um, you look at uh, Star Wars Squadrons on the Xbox Series S, it's 4K at 120 frames per second on the S, and it's about 35 gig. So I'm I'm not I I'm not worried about textures about the um storage moving forward um just right now in this crossover period it's going to be a pain in the arse um i will probably end up getting one of those ssd cards and having an expansion to be honest you're not going to uh be the one that sat there and watching all of your content going from ps4 to ps5 through a land cable for hours no not a chance yeah. <laughs> I, I mean i've got i've got this ss i've got this hard drive and what i'm going to do is just kind of copy all my um all of my save games onto the the hard drive plug it into the ps5 copy them across i'm not even going to do the cloud because that'll take too long mm. and and because i've got i've got like save games of skyrim which i can't be asked to delete because I, you know you never know <laughs> when the ps5 version of skyrim's going to roll around sure um 
I mean, saying that Bethesda's owned by Microsoft, so probably never, but <laughs> that's that's hurt me in the heart right there. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, sorry, yeah, it's you know, I'm not going to bother with with moving everything across in land cables and everything. I'm just going to get a fresh PS5 and just install what I want, and that's probably going to be No Man's Sky, uh, Borderlands Three, and then all the PS5 games that are coming out. Bucks next. Bucks next. Uh, <laughs> Most importantly, Bucks next. Yeah. I've, I've kind of given up on Watchdog at this point because I want to play it on the PS5. I kind of. Mm, I know what you mean. Because like, oh damn, I'm playing this too early. Like Mars Morales launches on Thursday. Like ah, <sighs> oh, I've got the pre-order in for the PS4 version, but I'm like, should I just wait for a week? But it'll be sat on my hard drive, looking at me. So, I've spent half of this week looking at the games that come out between now, well, when I would look at them, and when the PS5 comes out to see if save games transfer because not all of them do. So, like, I'm looking at Control thinking, oh, I'll just transfer it across. Well, no, because if I upgrade to the Ultimate Edition, the save games doesn't work. So I'm like, oh, what, what the fuck? Oh, my God, really? Yeah. So oh all that... <laughs> if I want the future expansions, I have to buy the oh Ultimate God. Edition and start for all over again. <laughs> I don't this think can... I want Control next gen anymore. <laughs> I think this all... this I think Control all Ultimate is Edition just... is just nothing but trouble. I think all of this has just put me off. I'm so fucking glad I found that accessibility menu the other day because I just cruised through the DLC. Very good DLC that it was, but I sound like Trump then. Um, but yeah, I'm just so glad I'm kind of done with that game now. Mm. Yeah, I can't be fucked with this whole palaver. Their next-gen uh, plans seem a bit of a mess right now. Mm. Um, Andy, as the um, the sole kind of like series purchaser, there's obviously always talk about um, the exclusive situation on Xbox and the medium yeah. being the recent one has just been delayed again to get out of the way of that cyberpunk game. I can't remember what it's called, but how's that for you as going in? Is, is it a big deal to you to have like new games not available sort of immediately or are you happy to wait for like the medium and Halo for, to come out as it's, and when they're ready? It's not a huge deal for me personally. And again, I know that I'm possibly an outlier in, in this regard. Um, I'm not as enamoured with Microsoft's exclusives, exclusives as I think other Xbox fans are. I'm not saying I don't like Halo or Gears of War. I've played them all. I've enjoyed them all. I Neither of those franchises is appearing in my you know, top 10 games of all time. I don't think you know maybe Gears 3 would maybe be troubling the number 10 spot, but nothing beyond that. I just need a console that's going to play the third-party stuff well enough. You know, I, um, as I said, you know, at the moment, you know, my slate is the Division 2, Destiny 2, uh, uh, Dirt 5 and whatever I'm reviewing for the site. Um, I'm not going to lose any sleep over some of these games getting delayed. I would rather those games were delayed if it meant that, you know, crunch was was reduced or, you know, it was just a case of making sure those games were, were right when they came out the door, or even, as you said, just to get out of the way of, of other games. You know, I'm not going to lose any sleep over not having to choose between the medium and cyberpunk. Um, so I'm I'm okay with that. I've always felt... I mean, if you're talking about the purchase decision for which console you pick, either Microsoft or, or Sony, then, yeah, the, the, the exclusive thing is a... Is a potentially a big deal um but as someone who had already made that choice you know a year ago um it, it it's not a huge 
deal for me to see games being postponed or, you know, games potentially two, three years off in the future. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the big draw of that is that they're all going to be on Game Pass anyway. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, that's the other reason why I think the Series S ends up, it does end up being the bigger seller in the long run is that it seems much more of a Game Pass machine to me. I th- the one analogy I saw in a review of the PS5 that I read the other day was that Xbox at this point feels like it wants to be Netflix and the PS5 feels like it wants to be the cinema. And I thought that was quite a good analogy in that PS5 is still going to be very focused on getting their heavy hitter uh, exclusives out of the door. The ones are spending millions and millions of pounds on uh, and the ones that look like that, whereas Xbox does feel very much like it's heading towards, okay, we might not have a game with the production values of a God of War or a Last of Us 2 or something. But guess what? Here's 200 games that you can play for, for £11 a month. Yeah. Um, and that's that's ideal for me. You know, I... There's a couple of games that I stick with long term, but other than that, I tend to flit about a bit more, just play whatever takes my mood at the time, and Game Pass is, is perfect for that. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a fantastic option to have, definitely. And I think if I was going to go to, for a series console, you know, I, yeah, I don't think I'd ever buy a game for it. I think I would just use it as a, as a Game Pass uh, machine. Also, you know, the addition of EA Play is a fantastic draw as well. Um, I just want to play Alice Madness Returns again. And it seems like my only way to do that is to buy a Series S with a Game Pass subscription. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the more people that get to play Battlefield Bad Company too, the better. So, you know... I'm, For I'm, sure. Yeah. Toby, I want to bring, bring you into this. I know it's a difficult topic considering you didn't get a pre-order <laughs> for either. But where are your... In terms of a fan of the industry, I guess, is where I'm going to go with this. Um, where are you right now? Are you excited to see what's what's going to occur in the next couple of weeks definitely um i mean i i can be very very positive about the idea of next gen i just i'm just not very positive for the next two weeks that's that's all it really is um the um <laughs> yeah the, the the ps5 i mean i'll get one and i will be on all over the internet on the 19th um trying to bag one of the couple that are going to come up on the 19th um in terms of an Xbox, I think that will be a little bit of a later purchase, but hopefully not too much later. And I've been listening to Andy's ideas about why why go for an Xbox Series S over an X. It does make some sense. Um, so, you know, I don't really need masses of graphical fidelity and 4K resolution, all that kind of stuff. So maybe all I really need is an Xbox S, in which case it's much cheaper. Um, but my sort of my sort of sort of stranger thing I think that's going on with this one, and we've discussed it a little bit before, is just there's that you know, there's not really that killer app that they've that they've had when they've released this thing. They've they've been sort of forced into releasing it a few months too early, I think. Um, and I think Sean was saying the other week that it kind of needed to wait until Halo Infinite and the Medium and all these things were actually available, um, rather than releasing and only really having previous stuff um, available. So you, you've got you know Valhalla and a few other things and. Um, uh, what's uh, what am I thinking of? Watch Dogs Legion and such, which you know you, you're going to be able to play on there, but you can play them on the other one as well. And I'm just, I sort of think there's not an exclusive. Do you know what I mean? That's that's what I'm getting at. So um, it's those it's those exclusive ones. So you know, I'm thinking that at, at the best, it's like six months away for things like you know 
any of the ones that we've been talking about, like the, the Ascent, Scorn, I know the medium is saying January, but we'll have to see what, you know, whether that's the case. Um, and then it's much further ahead for things like Everwild and Fable and Gears 6, you know, and that's not even been announced yet, but it's coming yeah. clearly. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I'd have to be in the same ballpark that it's a Games Pass machine, so why not an S? Um, but yeah, completely on the opposite side of it, I'm absolutely psyched for, you know, the beginning of December when uh, my, I'll have a PS5 hopefully and I can uh, play Cyberpunk and I can play all these other things. Um, there's just going to be a backlog of like, what, 10 massive blockbuster games that I'm going to have to get through while playing Cyberpunk, which is just going to be ridiculous really because <laughs> that's, that's going to take 200 hours of my time. So when am I going to play all the other games? But yeah, the t- yeah. terrible first world problems we have, isn't it really? It really is. It really is. What are we moaning about to be honest? Let's, let's be fair. <laughs> but Look, mate, quick resume is the killer app, okay? A quick resume is the killer app. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm not seeing it yet because I'm like, how many games do I play at once? (laughs) Like one or two? That's um, true. Plus, just save your game and turn it off. (laughs) Then then you can come back to it. And yeah, I know it's not quick resume, but it's, um, it's not something that I'm thinking I really need. But maybe I'll maybe I'll get totally turned on to it. I'll be like, "This is amazing! How did I ever go- live without it?" Um, do you want to? Do you want to like stop pissing on Andy's conflicts right now, man? <laughs> He's very. It's like two days away. <laughs> quick resume this argument here. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you like it. <laughs> no, I don't mean that at all. I think it's going to be um, great. It's just the quick resume bit may not be for me. That's all. I see. I see. Um, I should say, actually, a bit of consumer advice for the listener. Um, if you are after an Xbox, they are going on sale on the 10th, obviously on launch day, at 8 a.m. at various outlets, such as Game and Tesco and Very and Amazon, I believe. Um, so 8 a.m. on Tuesday the 10th, you can run onto these sites and get a pre-order for the next batch of whenever they're going to be available. Do you know if that's the Xbox or Access stuff? as well i don't i okay I, I, i'm just going from a tweet there xbox put out the other day that's right but um yeah the x and the s will be available on the 10th but you've got to be quick and you've got to be up at 8 a.m on one of these random websites to get one this is good news for me because my boy decided to turn around just to tell me he would now like a series s for his christmas so i'm faced with the possibility of either getting one at 8 a.m on on tuesday morning or probably having to give him mine me waiting until such time that's fun. <laughs> Fucking kids, man. Fucking kids. Yeah, kids. Well, good luck on uh, good luck on Tuesday. <laughs> Thank you, um, Greg. Where are you on this right now? Uh, where Where are your? I know. I know you're kind of in the same boat as Toby. Where are your hype levels for the next generation starting in two days' time? Uh, I'd like a PS5, but I'll be damned if I'm going to get one when it comes out because I know I'm not going to be up early enough to click on one. I've I've kind of changed face now because I wasn't too bothered about pre-ordering a PS5, and I think I actually missed out when I saw them on. Uh, like Giacomo, all places, and went, nah, I'll be all right, I'll wait. And now I'm two weeks away from Cyberpunk. No, I'm not. Cyberpunk's a month away now. Um, now we're two weeks away from launch. I'm like, oh, damn it. Really wish mm. I pre ordered a PS5 now. So, yeah, there's that. But when it comes to the Xbox stuff, my Xbox One is a glorified Game Pass console now and, and review console. So I'm not too bothered. I quite like that EA is going to. It gives me another excuse to play uh, Jedi Fallen Order again. But otherwise, yeah, I, I'm, I'm PlayStation all the way, Xbox secondary. I'm not exactly in a rush to get an S or a Series X, but I'll keep grinding out the my normal base X, no, my normal base Xbox One, and for as long as I can, really. Yeah, fair enough. 
It makes a lot of sense. Convention. I know, I know. It's not an X. It's a, it's a base one, and there's an Xbox One X, and there's a little bah. Didn't um, wasn't there like the first confirmation of someone getting a One X? The wrong today one. Yeah, Sean, of Series Sean X? shared it earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine that? You'd be like, I can't, I finally ordered my Series X, and oh crap. Oh yeah, but then again, I don't know. I don't they know what they themselves. But you can you still might not realize. Of, you like... can play all the same games on it. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Say, you might not realize for two years because they'll be supporting the same games. Yeah, exactly. It's going to go back to that old naming convention of like your mum calling everything a Nintendo, isn't it? <laughs> mum, I want the new Xbox Series X. You've got an Xbox. No, it's not the same Xbox. No, it's not that one, though. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. wait for that Series V to come out. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> the cube. That, was, that was the one about the lizard people, wasn't it? Series V. Yeah. Ha. <laughs> ah, it's funny. Uh, where am I right now? I am super excited for the PS5. I've ordered, I've got a digital edition on pre-order. The real lack of coverage for the digital edition is terrifying me because Sony have seemingly taken it upon themselves to send everyone who matters a PS5 with a disk drive. And I've not seen a single unboxing for the digital edition, which... It's just the same thing. I know, but it's like... It's just the same thing, but there's no... Here is where the disk goes in. Yeah, but where is... But where is... Why is there no coverage for this thing? Because it's a pointless console. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I've I've been digital for, for like three or four years now. I haven't bought a physical game forever, and so it made sense to me. And that kind of hundred pound difference was important to me. You know, I don't have four hundred and fifty pounds to spend on a console, and so it was. You know, it's there and it's set, and my order's there, and I'm looking forward for it to arrive. Obviously, um, I love watching these unboxings of the PS5 because everyone goes, "Fuck, it's massive," and I'm excited to see just how big it is. I can't really tell at the moment. But yeah, the lack of digital edition coverage is, I don't know, for some reason it's, it's, it, it's bugging me a little. The same way that we had to kind of do a little search around for Series S stuff earlier in the week. The digital is a sort of backburnery type thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, get one if you can, but you probably won't be able to get one. Have they, have they even made any digital editions? <laughs> that is the question. I mean, on the week of pre-order, I, I think there was like, it was like 80-20 in, in what was available. Like eighty disc ones and like twenty percent non disc ones. Um, <laughs> it might be less than that. It could be less than that. Uh, I, I imagine that was overinflated because I am seen. You are the only person I know who's got a digital edition. Hell yeah! Um, Thanks, you might have the only one. I'll be honest. That's fine by me. I'm good with that. <laughs> How much I can sell it for in years to come? Yeah. Thing I, I think I, I've battled on about this on on Twitter a few times as well as and. It's, it's a positive thing for me is that it was less than six months ago that we were all sitting here absolutely convinced that one of these consoles was going to cost 600 quid. And you're now in a position where if you can find the Series S and you can find the digital edition PS5, you can own two for the same price. Uh, yeah. I don't know how many people are going to be doing that. But I mean, that in itself, you know, I think there were some real horror stories out there, about, particularly when Jim Ryan came out and started talking about, oh, you know, we value, you know, the premium experience over, over value or whatever it was. He said there was something along those lines, and everybody at that point was really fearful that this thing was going to be, you know, 600, 650 quid. Uh, and the same with the Xbox, you know, the most powerful console in the world. Was that going to be the same? Uh, so it'd be sitting here in a position where if you were lucky enough to have 600 quid sitting on, on the, the day that these things went online, um, the fact that you could have both for that price, I think, is 
remarkable for the, the technology that's inside them as well when you consider how much you'd have to spend for a an equivalent gaming PC. Yeah, that, that's that's where most of the, the kind of fear came from, wasn't it? Because some of the specs started to leak out and it was like, there's no way this is coming in cheaper than, you know, than 400 quid, 500 quid. There's no way that these things are releasing for that price because at that time it was impossible to put together a PC for that, that with, with even comparable specs um, for, for that price. Obviously time goes on and start, things start to dip, but even now, like the, the hard drive on, on both of these, the, the SSD, it's it's faster than than most PCs. Obviously, that's because of the architecture and the custom build that they've. But like PC speeds can't even come up with these these like compete with these SSDs. They are super rapid, scary good, very happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just hope the uh, there's. I'm right in thinking there's no difference between the two, is there? Except for the fact that there's no disk drive. Between what the additions? Yeah. No, no difference. Okay, but well that's all right then. So it's not, it's not like going to be technically left behind in years to come. No, I mean the the Xbox Series S has has I think I can't remember. But there's one particular part of the Xbox Series S which is um, left off, but the, the, that's the only difference between those two. The X, the PS5s are the same digital and non digital. Yeah. Both, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I meant. The PS5s. Ah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. The the difference between your your Series S and your Series X is that the GPU is quite powerful on the, the Series S. For people who give a, a toss about that kind of stuff, I think the difference is four and ten teraflops or whatever the hell it is that we talk about again. The other difference, though, that's being less talked about, and I think is probably the bigger concern, is that the Series S also has six gig less RAM than the Series X, I'm pretty certain it's 10 and 16. So that's potentially where some problems could come down the line. We've already seen, you know, like uh, Devil May Cry's 5 Special Edition won't have ray tracing on Series S, but well on Series X. So that's where you might start to see people in a couple of years looking to upgrade if that starts to become a really noticeable difference uh, quick, uh, perhaps more quickly than we were led to believe. Mm. Is it, has anyone sold on ray tracing yet? The Marvel Morales review started coming out, and I was watching Digital Foundry, as I'm one to do, and they go into it as it's like a truly amazing addition to Mars Morales, and it's difficult to argue with them when you actually see it in action, because it's like, hey, reflections, cool, and it's just it's just reflections and things look a bit shinier. It's like it's not a it's not a major thing. If you didn't know the words ray tracing, you wouldn't. You would just put it down to, you know, next gen consoles and graphics doing nothing. You know, ray tracing about, um, as an individual thing isn't overly exciting. You know, when when you first got like a reflection in a video game, I can think. I think the first time I think I saw a character properly reflecting in a video game was Metal Gear Solid, like the mirrors in the bathrooms and such. So right. that is like. It was that was that blew your mind back then. So now, if it's like reflections in every building and you know every skyscraper and every puddle and all that, it's really kind of cool. I mean, the fact uh, that somebody didn't play Duke Nukem 3D, then did they? No, I didn't. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) that's when I first remember it, anyway. But it just it seems to me like a big deal. I think reflections are always cool. Um, But the fact that it's ray tracing rather than just this is what next gen can do, I'm not really paying attention to 
that part of it like if it's if it's ray tracing or not if it's got reflections and they're cool then that's cool yeah and i know a couple of uh, sound engineers who work on games and so on who tell me that the focus on ray tracing is completely wrong and that in actual fact so ray tracing also goes by the name path tracing and I've been assured by sound engineers, although I suppose they would say that being sound engineers, that the actual killer use for, for ray tracing, path tracing is an audio. And in actual fact, that's what we should uh, be looking out for over the coming years as the audio and games is, can apparently get much better than it is at present. So yeah, I'll be curious to see some of that. The reflection stuff is is cool. You know, I, I'm, I like what I've seen here, but yeah, I'm very curious to see what comes out of the audio side of it. Yeah, that was one of the most interesting things about when they unveiled the PS5 and they were talking about this ray tracing audio. But it was the first time I'd ever heard of it. And then looking into it, I'm thinking, yeah, that, that would be true 3D audio. You know, being able to hear echoes down, you know, a cave properly. That would be that would be excellent. And uh, yeah, that could be one of the biggest jump forwards this generation. That and, you know, being able to play three or four games at the same time, because obviously... The fast resume function is the best part of the Xbox Series. Cut her up, okay? Cut her up. Cut her up. They had some cool audio stuff on that um, Unreal Five reveal, didn't they? That the the, um, the 3D sound that was on there, and the fact that you could drop a stone down into the uh, into the cave, and you could hear all the uh, surround sound from that. I think there's definitely some cool audio stuff to come. Mm. Yeah, 3D audio looked quite exciting as well. Oh my god, it all starts next week. I'm very excited to get my PS5 and to play Astro's Playroom, to be honest. The more I see of that game, the more I want it. All this haptic feedback, these triggers, looks like a lot of fun. And, you know, we can't, I'm not discounting the Xbox at all. You can buy an Xbox Series X and have like a thousand games to play almost immediately. I mean, that's pretty fantastic. And there's a lot to get excited about in the future. But let's uh, take a look back at... Marvel's Avengers, which came out earlier this year from Square Enix, and eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it hasn't done particularly well for Square Enix. Um, I'm reading from Eurogamer, uh, Mr. Wesley Inpool. He writes, Square Enix has posted its latest financial results, and it doesn't look great for Marvel's Avengers. The Japanese company announces financial figures for the six-month period to 30th of September 2020. And while revenues and profits were up versus the same week in 2019, Square Enix released Final Fantasy VII Remake earlier in 2020, the quarter during which Marvel's Avengers released saw a £36 million loss. The part of Square Enix's businesses we're concerned with here is called Digital Entertainment HD Games. The company did not say how many copies Marvel Avengers sold or commented on its performance, but Crystal Dynamics' troubled adventure comes out poorly when we compare the two quarters of the current financial year. In the first quarter of the 2021 financial year, when FF7 Remake came out, the HD division saw net sales of 34.1 billion yen or £250 million, and an operating income of more than 10 billion, 73 million pounds. That's a tidy profit for the period. Then the second quarter saw sales of 23.7 billion yen, 174 million pounds, and an operating loss of more than 5 billion yen of 36 million. That's not great. Uh, it's hard to get a handle on exactly how badly Marvel's Avengers misses sales target by, but it's clear the game hasn't done the business for Square Enix. Oh dear. Uh, Mr. Sean Davies. Why is no one buying Marvel's Avengers? Um, it's a poor one, it is. It's, it's, uh, I imagine it's a combination of things. It released in the wrong time of year. It's not... It's like the DC films where they rush to do a Justice League without building it up 
and this is what we got with the Avengers. You know, that that game needed to have a build, and they spent a lot of money on making that game. And for the longest time, we'd only ever seen the bridge. And <laughs> yeah, it became a bit of a joke on this podcast, didn't it? Yeah, like all we ever saw of that for what six months or so was that particular section of the game. Yeah, the, the, I think the problem is they built a, they built a game that people didn't want. Uh, is is the end of it? Um, they they built a looter stash slash like grinding online game featuring the Avengers. When what people wanted was an Avengers game that was in the same vein as Marvel Spider-Man on the PS4. People wanted that kind of a game, and that's not what they got. Um, and I'm not surprised that people didn't buy it. It didn't review particularly well. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't see any way back for it. This isn't this isn't a game like um, Anthem which, you know, you could take away and rebuild. You've got a story there, <laughs> um, and that story's, you know, already set in stone. They can't take that away and just completely rejig it. It's it's going to be an interesting one because I don't see any way back for it, and uh, it's a shame because what I've played out, I've, I've enjoyed, um, but it's... it's only, The last I saw is it, it sold less than 3 million copies. And yeah. for, for a game based on the Avengers, that's terrible. Yeah, I mean, in comparison, I think I think I read some of the FF7 remakes sold that in a day <laughs> or something in Japan. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I've got Marvel's Avengers and I don't hate it, but I haven't got back to it for a few weeks. There's not a draw there for me. Yeah. And I, I play it on my PS4 Pro and it makes the thing sound like a jet engine. It's... it's this still crashes. It still slows down. I think it's. There, there, I think there's an argument to be made that it, there's got that cross genitis, similar to Watch Dogs Legion, and similar to, you know, games that are in this transitional period that may be a little bit shaky, but when put on the next gen systems, that's actually where they belong, and where they should be. And I think Avengers might be a little better next gen, just with a little bit of boost behind it. I think the. Next gen versions have been delayed till mid twenty twenty one, I think. But um, it feels like it wasn't ready for this gen. I think. Yeah, that's a fair. That's a fair thing to say, but I don't think that takes out the fact that people just didn't want this game. Yeah. You know, if they did some market research and they looked at, it, okay, we don't want Destiny with superheroes. We want a superhero game. That's. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's 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 what they got wrong, which is. You know, that's pretty. That's a pretty core cool tenet that they got wrong there. So it's a shame because you know, with with a bit of work, it might be able. It might be good, but that you know, we'll have to wait until the next gen version arrives, I guess. But yeah, and Spider Man's still coming to the PS4 versions. Yeah, if he does now. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, this we've only had what one release of, of a superhero so far. Which they, they promised a content pipeline which was going to be, you know, vast. They were going to be dropping all these new missions all the time. Yeah. That's they just, decided to fix the game instead. Which, you know, released the good, you know, the game in a better state the first time, you know? They, I, remember, I remember playing the game just before, just after an update. And during the game, it said, and I quote, update the game to play, to use network features. There was a second update whilst I was playing the game. Holy shit. And it's like within the space of about 20 minutes. 
And, you know, there is something fundamentally wrong with Avengers. The, the, microtrans- the microtransaction system is poor and frustrating. Um, the way that they kind of sort of begged people to come back to the game by throwing them the, the currency that you can use to buy costumes and things and putting everything half off. You know, there's a real, it almost, almost like seems like desperation for people to come back to the game. And so, I don't know. It's a, it is a shame, but there's not much there to, to get excited about, unfortunately. And I hope that there might be down the line. Maybe it can do an anthem and just rejig itself completely. But we'll see. Uh, Greg, I remember you uh, played the game EGX and you weren't like blown away by it, but you did enjoy it. Was there something about uh, leading up to it why you didn't end up uh, going for the purchase in the end when it, when, it, when it finally came out? I think it was just, I think over time, just disinterest sort of set in. And the more I saw about it, the more I thought, it just looks like a generic action game. Now that sounds pretty hypocritical because I love Batman and Spider-Man games. But yeah, even that bridge bit that Sean and I played, it was like, this is cool, but nothing about it is, it's all Prince of Persia style set pieces. It's all every generic combat system ever. And I wasn't, I wasn't exactly blown away by it then either. It sounds like I'm being Mr. Cynical. It just, it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't the AAA game that I really wanted it to, to be. And when, I know we all have visions of what, what we want a game to be and when it changes along the way, you think, mm, okay, fair enough. Like, you know, I'm still annoyed that Cyberpunk's first person, but I'll get over it. But I think the more I saw the previews and the more it sounded like a bit of a mess with its microtransactions and it's, it's uh, that whole constantly online type, hub type stuff. I just thought, no, nah, I'm not interested in it. And then, yeah, my suspicions were confirmed when it came out and the reviews are a bit middling. And like you said then with all the, the the lack of interest and the, the please come back and play our game. And it just, yeah, it just killed any interest in me. I don't even think I ever want to pick it up unless it comes mm. on to something like Game Pass. No, it won't come on Game Pass, will it? Um, unless it comes on to something like PS Plus or it's, I don't even think I want to pay money for it, you know. I mean, there's and, every chance it'll come on Game Pass at some point. Possibly. To but, kind of garner a little bit of an audience. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like boring games, you know, I like Death Stranding and stuff like that, but even that just, even just Avengers, just, no, it just looked too, too generic. I mean, you guys are saying you're enjoying it, fair enough, but um, yeah, no, I just, I think it was killed for me before it came out, and then when it came out, that was the final nail, I just thought, nah, nope. I mean, I'm more excited yeah. for, I'm more excited for Anthem 2.0. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. That isn't a damning indictment of the Avengers, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not terrible. It's just, just bland, you know? It's just kind of boring. The... It's a milk toast game. Have you not heard the phrase? Oh, milk toast. milk toast is just a generic, um, like, bland type thing. Like oh, okay, a, sure. Like, like, like an everyman. Like a, uh, yeah. Yeah, like, like a cookie cutter style. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Toby, I remember you played the beta and you weren't blown away by it. Was that reason enough for you not to end up picking it up? Yeah, I think my sentiments are pretty close to Greg's, only it was the beta instead of playing it at EGX. I I tried that thing out. You've got to play the bridge level and like three other levels afterwards. And by the time I got into like the second or third level, I was just generically smashing things with Hulk and just going, this is really boring. Like there's nothing really interesting to do. The heroes handle quite badly. There's no inspiration to the design and i just got very bored very very fast there is no no impetus to me to go 
into there and go, well, I mean, it will be amazing when I can play as, as Spider-Man in a game that handles like Spider-Man's made of lead. It's not going to be great with Spider-Man either. <laughs> it's just, it's not well, you know, it, like you said, it's, it's making your PlayStation run ridiculously hot and, and loud. It's not well, you know, put together, not, not, not doing the right things in, in the background either. So it's, it, it just handles in that sort of really terrible way. Um, which, yeah, it's just really killed it for me. I won't be buying it either. I will not probably even bother to try it out for free. It's not... After that beta and the game came out, and we, we talked about it for like, what, two or three days, and then I just forgot it even came out. Mm. Damn. Yeah. There you go. End of, really. That was it. I just, <laughs> I, I've, yeah. it I've written it off my 2020, this is games I played and enjoyed. It's just not even on the list anymore. I'm just never going to go back. Well, fair enough. Um, Andy, did you have any experience with it? Have you picked it up? Have you played it? Or so I haven't played any of it. Partly because of the the style of the game uh, didn't sound hugely interesting to me. One part I think, and I get, I think this might be an issue that some people had with it. To me, the the films almost made a rod for the back of the game that the, the game was never going to be able to to shift, and that comes down to the fact that for me, the first time I saw footage of this game, it was really jarring for me that, you know, Tony Stark didn't look like Robert Downey Jr., that that Thor didn't look like Chris Hemsworth, that, that you know, that they weren't, didn't sound like those people. Releasing so close to the films, I think there would have been an expectation from some that there would be some kind of, and I'm not necessarily getting those people in because those are Mega stars who would have commanded rightly, you know, huge fees that that Square wouldn't have been wanting to pay. But you know, get people in who kind of sound like them, make the characters look a bit more like them, and I think that might have been enough to draw some people in, even if the gameplay wasn't necessarily hugely inspiring. So, I, I think, yeah, I think there's an element there of just it was almost an impossible task for them to make people interested in this game given where it kind of started from you know not having some of those people uh in the game um so yeah i I didn't have a huge amount of interest in playing it anyway but there would have been a part of me that would have been keen to see how it would have gone if they had brought some of those people in or at least just tried to characterise the characters a bit more closely to those in the films. So, yeah, that, that's kind of where I stand on on the, on the game. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's a fair enough thing. I think after that first trailer, people were like, hang on a minute, this isn't a, it's not an MCU game. Um, I think people may have jumped to that conclusion, which is rightly so, because Endgame was, what, only a few months out from the reveal. And so... I think people may have been turned off by that. I think that's an absolutely valid point. You know, I think it, maybe it was doomed to fail from the beginning, but uh, it doesn't seem to be picking up pace anytime soon, which is, you know, again, it's just one of those things, but, you know, Mars Morales is going to come out. It's going to sell 3 million copies in about five seconds. And so I think we might not see a, a bright future for Marvel's Avengers, but you never know. They could turn it around and get rid of the uh, microtransactions and maybe turn it into just a fun adventure game. But yeah, we'll see. Finally, Mass Effect is coming back, ladies and gentlemen. After months and months and months and months and months of everyone going, 
hey, they're going to announce the Mass Effect trilogy this week. They're going to announce the Mass Effect trilogy this month. Guess what? Bioware announced the Mass Effect trilogy, which is coming in 2021. No firm date yet, but a shiny remaster of Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 are on the way for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, and shiny versions for the PS5 and the Series X slash S. Also, they did announce a brand new Mass Effect is on the way. Uh, we don't know if this is Mass Effect 4 or something completely different. All we know is that it's Mass Effect and it's coming. Hooray! Now, I'm going to pass this on to someone else because I've never played Mass Effect. I've got nothing to add to this. So what's uh, exciting, folks, about the remaster? And what is it? People are getting really excited about this, and I actually don't know why. So if someone could explain it to me, that'd be great. Toby, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I've unmuted, haven't I? Yes. Um, okay. So... I, I think just, just to put it out there first, I would like to see a trailer of what they've done with these Mass Effect games before I splash on a whole trilogy again. But in answer to your question, what makes Mass Effect amazing? It's, it's what makes Mass Effect trilogy amazing. It's not what makes Mass Effect Andromeda amazing because Andromeda really just just dropped the ball on everything that's great about the, the trilogy. Um, so it's things like if they, if they bring back Mass Effect and they have this... Uh, next, you know, Mass Effect 4, or if you count Andromeda as 4, then I suppose it's Mass Effect 5, um, then it needs to bring back some of the stuff that was that was great about the originals, right? So they had a writer in there called uh, Drew Karpishin, who um, basically writes loads of stuff for Star Wars, and he just brought all of this great Star Wars-like lore and interesting ideas uh, straight into the Mass Effect universe, and, and basically wrote the backstory and all of the aliens and all of the, you know, how things work um, for the those three games. There's things like um, the genophage, which obviously you won't know what I'm talking about, Ross, but anyone who's played it will understand what the genophage is, which is this thing where one particular race of aliens completely killed off another race of aliens called the Krogan, that storyline within the and, and you go through that storyline within Mass Effect 1, 2 and 3 getting you know learning more about it seeing the people that it's affected it's it's a thing where they've like wiped out one whole race basically as much as possible so it's like a like a genocide um and they they finally get to this point in in like Mass Effect 3 where they you know where they can maybe do something about it and all this kind of stuff so that that arc across three games and it being so interesting and you have having characters in your team who are on both sides of the story um, made quite compelling viewing and it made quite a compelling game. And then there was all sorts of extra stuff like the Protheans and the Citadel that you could explore in your Normandy ship. It was one of those first games where you probably had a ship to just piss around in whenever you wanted, you know, at the same time as playing this epic storyline. Um, you know, there's, there's some brilliant alien species in there, like the Geth, like the Asari, the Solarians. Um, and it, it's going to need characters that that people just completely gel with and really, really want to know about, which is what and, um, Andromeda did not have. Andromeda just had cookie-cutter versions of characters we'd already seen, right? So the original Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 had people um, like the Salarian um, scientist Mordin and um, the Krogan Rex. Um, and, you know, people will know who I'm talking about when I say like Thane, Miranda and Garrus and Liara. And they're just, they're kind of seminal within, within if you know the games and you've played them, then those names will, fit, will sit in your head and you're thinking, yes, those are the ones I enjoyed. Those were when it was epic. And, and then I suppose it needs to do what Mass Effect does, which is, you know, kind of set you up with this new life for, you know, however long it takes you to play it and um, where you can have romance options and you can, you can, um, 
do all these different quests around the galaxy. You can go flying around in your spaceship. You can do all of the things you kind of want to do in a sci-fi adventure. But often science uh, sci-fi adventures don't really let you have that kind of free reign. Um, and I think Mass Effect, it was, it's good for having, you know, we talk about nowadays where games allow you to attempt a mission in lots of different ways, like, like um, Watch Dogs Legion does and things. But Mass Effect was starting to do that and it was doing it on a really big scale. Um, and that was kind of it. That was kind of interesting when that was first being done. It was one of those first big RPGs that did it properly. And, um, you know, because I think as well for me, um, you know, you had things like Dragon Age and you had um, Fallout and stuff that were that were similar. Um, but this one was just, you know, it's not really, really dystopian like Fallout. And it wasn't fantasy where where at the time I found sort of first person slashing a sword at things in Skyrim really really taxing and found that really really annoying so having this third person and having it sci-fi and having it all these things was was really good it just at the same time if you can get an author who's really really on their you know on their stuff um to give you a storyline that's just banging in every single way pretty much it had great dialogue it had great characters it had great backstories and then Andromeda came along and it was just like Ah, okay. This is how you do the, what looks like the same game, but just with none of the heart and none of the interesting characters and another interesting backstory. They just did a generic version of it, and it was just so poor. So, um, I think yeah, if they're going to do it again, bring back some of the old team. I need to know that it's got you know some real deep storyline to it because that's it's one of the one of the reasons I like it this much is because it's a story and and and, when, and you'll know from my reviews that any game where there's story and that's really really got like you know it, it's the thing they focused on the most um you know gameplay can come second for me if, if a story is that good that's what i'm um, gonna lead know. that's what i'm gonna lead into when you finish talking <laughs> um well i'll i'll, I'll finish it off there because i mean just uh, the last thing i was gonna say is just take us to a new quadrant right a new sector a new new alien species i don't need to see krogans and protheans and salarians all over again because that's probably where Andromeda went wrong. Um, and I think I just need something brand new, but just the style and the, and the depth um, of that Mass Effect manages to bring when it does it right. Go for it, Greg. What do you think? <laughs> well, it's, I mean, you've nailed like every salient point about Mass Effect trilogy there. And cool. even, <laughs> even, even though I wasn't going to argue with your, with your piece too, um, obviously the ending three was a bit shonky. They did patch that out as a free update, which kind of made more... Uh, added more gravitas to it, but it was still a binary choice system, which was a bit meh. But Toby's obviously, he's absolutely right on the story side of it, but he's just completely forgetting that the games all play like arse. The first one, it, but it's, it's, it's not terrible. It's that endearing charm, because the first one is, it, was, it was came out about around the time that cover-based shooters were sort of starting to get big. It came out before Gears of War did, uh, but obviously after things like Winback and Killswitch. And, it was a very ropey third-person shooter, and the combat, the combat had a great mechanic that you don't have ammo; you have a uh, weapon heat, uh, like like a weapon cooldown thing. So if you could time it right, you could keep shooting ad nauseum and you know letting your 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 heat bar dissipate and stuff like that. And it was great as a concept, but it was clunky. Um, and there's a there's a vehicle in the first one called the Mako, or the Mako. No, it's Mako, because I'll be fucked if I'm calling things Mako from now on. It handled. It, was, it looked like a big track. If you remember those, um, those 
six wheeled moon buggy things that you used to put codes into and used to like go forward and then turn and fire its laser. It was basically the interactive version of that. It, it controlled like the warthog from Halo. So you turn the camera, it follows, but it was so unwieldy. It would just fall off things. It would flip. You could make it jump and boost. And it was, you know, it was like a drunk steering. It was, it was awful, but it was fun. And then the second one improved on the cover based shooting. And that was pretty much it. It was a cover based shooter with a good stuff sci-fi story to it, but it was a generic cover based shooter. And then the third one, I mean, there's the second one, had a great hub system to it. Um, and it, it took away a lot of the boring aspects of the first one and made it a good sort of blockbuster, you know, sci-fi game. And then the third one came out and it just did away with a lot of the, the, the bump. You had a very minimized hub, like smaller areas to go to because it was like the end of days. And yeah, it kind of condensed it. So it was that sort of law of diminishing returns, like the Terminator 3, Spider-Man 3. You know, it was okay as a conclusion, but as a trilogy, it was a bit, you know, as, as a standalone game, it was a bit weak. But as a bundle, it's one of the greatest trilogies of games I've ever played. And like Toby says, it's got a cracking story, and that's what we'd like to see more of. I haven't played Andromeda. I don't care to. I saw an Asda for a five of the week. And even then, I was just like, no. I'm sure, I'm sure they patched it to a playable level now, but no, can't be asked. So to me, I, I'd be quite happy if they just... I know, like Toby said, that like to, to, to go to new realms, new quadrants, and new races and stuff, but I would like there to be not a tie-in to the first three, but at least some acknowledgement of what came before. So I don't want to spoil it for you, Ross, if you ever do get around to playing it, but I'd like there to be some some either conclusion from the third one. I don't want a prequel series. Fuck that. That would just be stupid. But something that acknowledges the heritage of the first three, but also takes us in a new direction. So new players can jump in if there is a, you know, when the fourth one does come out and then they have the option to go back to the one to three remaster if they choose to. It's not like you have to play this body of work and put 60 to 90 hours in, you know, equating to sort of 20, 30 per game kind of thing. But it carries on that lineage and you can go back to it if you want to. So it has a special place for a lot of people because it's a well-written trilogy. Uh, and Andromeda is just there, I suppose. But as a game, as a game, they play like us. <laughs> very very right. good-looking us, but us. I'll, I'll, I'll take, as you said, you agree with mine. I pretty much agree with yours. I just wasn't really going on for the gameplay at all. No, You're I just, absolutely right. <laughs> I just thought, I mean, you, you, you did a very good snake oil pitch there where you sold it as like the best games ever, but you know, people are going to play it and go... This fucking Mako is awful, Toby. <laughs> you, you've got to take the rough with the smooth. And it does. I think it's. I'm looking at it with rose tinted spectacles yeah, to a certain yeah. extent. Um, the cover based shooting was was pants. Um, it was. It wasn't really cover. I think uh, just contrary to what you I sort just of just said, stood I, behind things. Didn't the you? first one, yeah, yeah. I, I think now that I've now that I've thought about it, the first one, you don't actually go into cover. You duck. So it wasn't even a cover based system. It was just the old run and crouch. It was yeah. that old third person thing of just get behind cover and you couldn't it was only by the second game because gears had come out that they introduced the actual cover button or am i am i, am I wrong someone about me up. i don't think it was cover in the first one or it's very rudimentary at best no I'm, I'm remembering it the same way as you i could be wrong i'm sure someone will tell I me definitely remember just standing behind things or at least in one of the games yeah but i remember like i said i remember the weapon cooldown thing being really good it was that there was a hell of a lot of uh inventory management it was that it was that bioware thing of like every facet of your weapons could be tweaked and you could have like reduced cooldowns and like faster cooldowns. So you could have an assault rifle that if you knew what you were doing with it, you could just, you could, you could keep burst firing up to the limit, two seconds of the cooldown and you could just keep firing in waves. It was great. And then they obviously replaced it with like ammo 
and then by the you get like your bionic powers and your your implants and you could like lift people up and compress like miniature black holes around them or you could like hoof them across the landscape with uh, you know like second sight style telekinetic powers yeah it was great fun and like if, yeah if, if they can get back to that with without messing it up then yes please have we sold it ross that's the thing yeah. i'm there day one that's why i didn't cool. want to spoil anything <laughs> um so yeah very quickly because we've got a crack on but yeah, yeah what does um what do these remasters have to do then to kind of like bring it up to a 21st Just, century uh, kind of level or 2021 uh, to make to make the the comparison to an EA game I've just reviewed, funnily enough, like with the Need for Speed one, it's got it's, it's got that original. I mean, considering I didn't play the original Hot Pursuit, it seems to be it's a product of its time, and all they've done is made it look better, and that's good. They've obviously tweaked what needs tweaking. They've brought back various systems that people like. It hasn't been riddled with a EA's brand of microtransactions, which I'm guessing they've learned from with the whole Battlefront fiasco. So they could add that spit and polish to the first game and add a cover base system, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, if they've added that newly edited, I mean, I've seen a lot of comments already going like, oh, I hope they sort the ending out for three. Um, they're not going to get all the voice actors in to record the last third game. Like the, the, uh, yeah, they won't change that's, the storyline. That's, that's no, they won't. I mean, There's they, no way. They, they tried. They tried with the, with the free epilogue and that was a case of like, yes, you didn't like it. Here's what we've done. Please don't keep moaning at us. It should include all of the DLC and all of oh, that stuff it, that it, came yeah. out. Every game of the week, sorry, every game of the year of version that those games garnered as they went through. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with Greg's point that they should, if they fix the cover system so that it kind of, because it was probably fluid. the best cover-based system by the time they got to number three mm. um, and just made sure that that was playable all the way through all three games. Um, where, but at the same time, I would keep some of the systems. I mean, maybe maybe make the warthog thing, you know, run a little easier. But the Normandy was the best in number two. The team was the best in number two. So, Do you remember mining on planets? Yeah, mining <laughs> was so ridiculous scanning, in number one. Whereas it, there was some better stuff for the warthog to do in number two. Yeah, um, it wasn't. It wasn't in. It wasn't in the second one. You I don't think. Oh no! You had that doing stupid, it from um, the planet uh, yes. navigator thing. You had that scanner, and then you, you fire probes because you could probe Uranus. And um, I missed, I missed the warthog. Because you, you could stop <laughs> calling it warthog; it's a mako. Uh, you could, you could, <laughs> you could fly to Uranus and probe it. <laughs> and your computer, your ED goes, "You have probed Uranus." <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> "Well done." They thought that. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they, as long as they just sort of tighten it up, and you know. As long as people don't expect miracles, that's a problem. How Everyone, old is the first one now? 2006. Ooh, okay, so that's quite a bit of a remaster. I, I want to say 06. Here's a quick check on the googly. Um, hold that thought. Please pause. 2007. Yeah. So everyone, like, as long as people accept that, yes, Bioware balls up with the whole under the thumb thing with Anthem and Andromeda. It's cool. We're going to get a remaster in the fourth game, but people need to lower their expectations. I don't mean that in a horrible way. I mean people don't need to do the whole like, oh, maybe Bioware can uh, make up for all the sins it's committed and come around and pay my mortgage for me. You know, like people just need to drop that thing. Like they're remastering old games. They're not. It's not going to be the second coming. So yeah, it, as long as people just keep it a level-headed expectation, it'll be a cracking trilogy to play again. And for newcomers like Ross, it'll be grand. Like we got Ross to play for Final Fantasy VII. So yeah, he did. My God. But yeah, I mean, I think people are right to be skeptical. I think the last two oh, Bioware releases are Anthem and Andromeda, right? But I think EA have now gone, oops, that are bad. Well, no, they haven't directly said it's our bad, but I think the, the outcry has been let Bioware be Bioware. 
Well, they're making Dragon Age as well, aren't they? Yeah. So there's Dragon Age and a Mass Effect on the way. That could bring them back. That could bring Bioware back to being their their awesome selves. EA Mm. turned themselves around a bit. Capcom are on a second, like, coming. So it could be... Wasn't it Sean said that, um, at least it was ages ago, that Bioware wasn't even made up of the same people anymore. There was almost no one left who was part of the team Mm. when this was out, when this came out. Um, so who knows uh, this is why I said at the very beginning I need to see a trailer <laughs> yeah it is it is strange that it dropped without, it any without a trailer yeah yeah very, very weird uh, so yeah that tells me it's not going to be kind of like early 2021 at least but uh, yeah very exciting for Mass Effect fans and new and old cracking stuff uh, Sean Andy you got anything to add I don't agree with anything anyone's just said about Andromeda <laughs> But <laughs> you were going to say that. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to go. Well, time it. is getting on. <laughs> no, I, do, I just think I, I think you two are, are remembering Mass Effect much better than it actually is, because um, <laughs> the games were fine. You know that you know they're not exactly games of the generation. Um, even this, I mean, if you go back and play them now, the, the choices feel incredibly binary, and Andromeda wasn't out of step with the rest of the series. That's that's that well, I've is... got an opinion on drama because I haven't played it. I just said I didn't want I know, to play it. I know, I know, but like I did. It's 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 really <laughs> it's really not that bad. And it, you know, for, for the people that went through the development of it, um you know, a lot of people were, were throwing that under the bus to say, Oh, it's it's you know, the worst in the series. It's really not. What they tried to do was with they, they got a series that was success, successful and they tried to make a new jumping on point for people that would introduce them without having, you know, all of this baggage from three previous games, which ended on a really shitty note. So I, I, I applaud them for trying it. I gen- genuinely have no interest in the remake now because uh, it's not a remake. <laughs> it's a remaster. And mm. I, I genuinely think it needs a huge amount of work to pull it into lines with anything that's going to be released next year. And it, the new one, if they're going to do a new one, I hope that they at least address what happened in Andromeda. But I, I hope to God that it's it, there is like a huge amount of time in the game universe between the Shepard story and whatever they come next. Because I, I'd like them to acknowledge it, like to, to mention it as law, the, the, mm. what happened with Shepard, but I genuinely don't want it to have anything to do with Shepard or Andromeda, to be fair. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you're going to buy it day one. Um <laughs> I see. Um, and, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, if you will. We all know. You'll see a trailer. Be like, damn it, I'm in. I just don't see them putting that uh, the amount of work needed into making it a, a, a decent game. You know, compared mm. to anything that's going to release next year, I think just just to remaster them to make them HD graphics and change, maybe change some of the gameplay systems. The, the 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 design of it, the game in general, is so small scale compared to what we've got now. You know, you look at some of the ship the ship design. It's clunky as fuck people would tear it to pieces <laughs> genuinely would not would not get on with it but you know we'll see okay um andy do you want to finish yourself if you've got any uh thoughts on the mass effect remasters somehow found a way to disagree with every single one of you in some aspect of what you've said in the last <laughs> oh, welcome to the hero <laughs> uh, okay so two's personally in my top five all time three's probably knocking on the door of top ten uh, I, however, am concerned about this remaster being as it is. I would much prefer it to be a remake, partly because I think uh, one had bigger problems than just the combat. I thought the inventory management in that game was 
genuinely awful. Um, the Mako was was uh, infamously difficult to control. Um, I'm encouraged by the fact that it's going to include all the DLC from all the games because I never actually got round to playing the Citadel uh, DLC for three, which I think looked to me to really key in on the stuff that I most enjoyed about the, the, the second and third game, which was I thought that at the time in particular, maybe not so much nowadays, it really gave you a sense of team camaraderie above a lot of what else was, was out at the time you cared about those characters. Uh, I think the combat probably does seem aged now. However, at the time, I really liked the whole kind of squad-based uh, combat, uh, particularly by the time they got to the third game. I thought that was that was really quite good. Andromeda was perfectly fine. Anybody who tells you Andromeda is a bad game is a liar. A liar, I'm telling you. Um, no, it's, it's, it was completely fine. I thought the combat, if you look at it now, is probably the best of the four. It just wasn't a terribly compelling story. But again, it, it wasn't terrible. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the remaster. I do wish it was a remake. I do have concerns that the first game is going to seem really, really bad now. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably be there day one. Cool. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of uh, mixed thoughts on this uh, Mass Effect remaster but yeah I think people are excited to play it I think that's the important thing and we shall see what happens when that releases at some point next year on PS4 and Xbox One with PS5 and Xbox Series X enhancements oh boy man I can't wait till we can just say PS5 and Series X give it a few years but we'll get there it's time for Sean's Indie Corner Welcome to the Indie Corner. I'll go through these quickly because I've okay. already gone for two hours. Okay, <laughs> so the first game is called Stasis 2. Um, so you might have heard of the first game. It was called Stasis, I think it was called Bone Token or something like that. Um, it was an isometric point-and-click sci-fi horror game. Um, it was pretty critically acclaimed. I think it got 9 out of 10 from IGN. Um, so, you know, that's good. But the second is, it seems like it's going to be in more of an eldritch, bottom-of-the-sea, Cthulhu-style direction. And it genuinely looks terrifying. I've been looking at GIFs all week, and it looks great. The reason I'm mentioning this is because the demo is releasing, uh, if you're listening to this when it comes up, today. And it's, it looks really great, so you should go and check it out. Um, you, can head up, you can head to sign up for the, the demo at stasis2.com slash signup. So give that a look, that's Stasis 2. The second game I want to talk about is called The Cost of Recovery. So this is a third-person narrative adventure game that lets you experience the perspective of four protagonists when one of them suddenly has a stroke. Now, um, we don't get this often in games. You know, we had that Dragon Cancer, and we've had a, you know, a couple of other games that touched on illnesses like uh, Edith Finch, but I don't think we've ever had a stroke. I don't think we've ever had a game that deals with what happens after somebody's had a stroke. Um, and it's got a very cool but minimalistic arc style, which manages to go over quite a lot without being too intensive. Um, and that's from a developer called Off the Beaten Track. Now that's on Steam. You can go and wish, wish list it now. It's not out yet, but it, uh, and it doesn't, doesn't have a release date yet, but that's called The Cost of Recovery. Um, I, I highly advise people go and check that out because it's, it looks like it's going to try and do something different in that genre. So um, go check that out. 
Uh, the third game is called SCAP, S-K-A-A-P. So you might have seen this around. This is a game that's currently on Kickstarter looking for funding, where you use your mobile phone as a skateboard. It's coming to PC and PS4, should it um, secure the funding. And basically, you use the gyros in your mobile phone to control a skateboard in a game. And it looks like a really exciting system. It's currently struggling on Kickstarter, and I don't understand why. It's, it still needs another £11,000 in the next 17 days. Uh, it might be because, you know, to use a mobile phone to do tricks with a, uh, with a skateboard might be quite dangerous. <laughs> I can see quite a few mobile phones getting broken because of this game. Uh, because you can do any kind of trick you want because the gyros will replicate exactly what you do with your phone in the game. So if you do like a flip, so if you flip your phone, the skateboard will flip. It looks very cool. Uh, and they got a demo out now, I think. So if you go onto Kickstarter and search for SCAP, S-K-A-A-P, you'll be able to see and download the demo. Um, but yeah, go check that one out. And the last game, I don't know how to explain this game. I got an email today and I'm just like, what is going on here? <laughs> this game is called N-Y-A-F. A-F. N-Y-A-F. It's a hidden object game. And... I genuinely don't know how to explain it. It's releasing on Steam today. Uh, I like hidden object games, but this game looks completely different. It's a combination of different, basically four games, one of which is a secret and they have denounced, and three which are all just letters. So the first is N-Y-A-F, which is a hidden object game. It's basically hand-painted backgrounds by a painter called Sebastian Lassange, and they've all been scanned into the game. You find a character and you click on them. Job done. It's a hidden object game. Nice and simple. Lovely time killer. The second game is called MMPG, which I think stands for Massive Minimalist Fighting Game. Why it's P and not F, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of a meta game where you earn units in this game by finding characters in the other games, which I, I don't know. Like this, this game is like a work of art and I'm not entirely sure I understand it completely. The last game is Y-N-Y-A-N-Y-A-F. And basically, there is a random like texture generated on the screen, and you have to find symbols on that texture. Again, a hidden object game. I quite like them. They're a lovely time killer. This one looks wild. And then obviously, there is a, is a, a freaky secret game that nobody's quite sure what is. If you fancy the sound of that, it's on Steam. It's releasing today, if you're listening to this. But also, there is a... a a parody version releasing on mobile, which is called YAF, and that's on Android. Basically, it's a parody of NYAF, uh, but it basically riffs on itself and also takes the pick out paywalls. So basically, you've got to find these things to earn currency in-game to pay for paywalls, which will then help you out, out to find more hidden objects. It's basically a riff on uh, microtransactions on mobile. So go check that out as well. Uh, and that's by a develop, developer called Alain Beckham. So yeah, that's the indie corner this week. Unless you guys have got something else to discuss, there is. We've just got sent a uh, a thing from uh, from Sam W, and uh, there's a VR game coming out called Finger Guns. Yes. <laughs> pew pew pew. Made it on the Oculus Quest Two, and it's uh, yeah, it's all about us. It's not, but Aww. if we don't get a copy of that, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no one's on Oculus, have they? Oh uh, yeah, that's true. Okay. To get, well, no to one's going to get a copy of that. <laughs> we need to get an Oculus Quest reviewer on the team or just get it up oculus quest or oh, that too <laughs> how much, oh, how that much too. have we got in the pot 
it's three hundred pounds for a quest two. Oh. Mm. We shall see. Uh, right then, don't go anywhere, Sean. It's time for the quiz answers. Oh God. Okay. Old. Question one: In which video game does a president say, "Hey, dudes, thanks for rescuing me. Let's go get a burger." Ha 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 ha. Andy, tell us the answer. Uh, I hope I've got this right. I think it's Bad Dudes versus Dragon Ninja. Correct. Dragon Ninja, that's what it's called. There's Bad Dudes and something ninjas. I knew you'd know that. Okay. Question two. Which president and first lady appeared in both NBA Jam and Ready to Rumble Boxing Round 2? Greg? Was it Bill and Hillary Clinton? That is correct, yeah. Woo! Uh, Question three. Fictional president Howard T. Ackerman portrayed in full full motion video by J.K. Simmons appeared in which video game series? Toby? Is it Metal Gear Solid? It's not. Is it Command and Conquer? It's Command and Conquer. Yes, oh, God. I, I crossed out Command <laughs> and Conquer and put it Metal Gear Solid. When you said full motion video, I was like, um... Yeah, it's got to be. I, I put that in specifically because I thought yeah. that the question was hard, but I thought, you know, full, full Doesn't he play? Video. Isn't it something like Mears or something? It's the name of the... Um... No, he's just told you the character name. No, in, in Metal Gear Solid. What? J.K. Simmons? Yeah, that's why, he, that's why he's a voice. And no. it's like a presidential sort of character. No. Ugh, okay. He's in Spider-Man, though. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> he's in Portal 2. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's Actually, Cave Johnson, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I don't want the dab lemons. <laughs> uh, if you are listening at home, I will take either Command & Coker or Rattle of it. Uh, question four, in which Resident Evil game do you start a campaign by killing the President of the United States? Uh, Ross? No idea. Greg? Resident Evil 6, Leon's campaign. Resident Evil 6 is correct. So is the Leon's campaign bit. You didn't say that, did you? Mm. No, because I didn't ask you for that. So it was, it, <laughs> it was one of the bad ones. Yeah. Yes. It, Leon's campaign is the only good part of that game. Okay. And that's saying something. And yeah. th- even that's bad. So. Yeah, that's the most, that's the most Resident evil of the campaigns. Okay, question five. Which American president features as a guest fighter in the Fight Club video game? I hope game? I've got this right. <laughs> uh, Andy, what have you got for that? So I just stuck in Richard Nixon for a laugh. <laughs> no, that would have been, that would have been funny, but, but no, it's not correct. Um, uh, Greg, go on. I went for Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln is correct. Oh, I want a punt. Uh, Why would he be in a Fight Club game? He was wearing braces and everything. It looks like hardcore. Like you wouldn't mess with Abe <laughs> Lincoln um, and his wooden teeth. Is uh, Meatloaf in that game? He oh, is. George, George Washington had wooden teeth. Okay. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, George Washington had wooden teeth, yeah. Um, question six. In 2006, Summer Max saved the world. Yeah, uh, Meatloaf's, Meatloaf's yeah. character sorry. in Fight Club. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Meatloaf, Meatloaf. Yeah. In the game, I thought. No. Yeah, yeah, Bob's know. in the game, yeah. Okay, cool. Nice. Sorry, Sean. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question six in 2006 Sam and Max saved the world episodic series from Telltale Games one of the titles of the characters become president of the United States which is it Toby uh, 50-50 pun Sam incorrect it is no. Max <laughs> <laughs> I, went the, I went for the other 50 <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah good game though, if, if you ever get a chance <laughs> question seven which 2019 uh Third-person shooter made the use of the White House as the player character's base of operations. Ross? Uh, the Division 2. The Division 2 is correct. Question 8. Which 2014 action game featured an American senator that shouts he- <laughs> that he'll make America great again? Um, Andy, what have you got for this? 
Uh, yeah, I, I know I've got this one wrong. I wrote down Metal Gear Revengeance. Is it correct? That's correct. I thought it came out in 2013. Oh, did it? I've got 2014. Uh, uh, but I've got the PC date. And the... Yeah, it came out on 19th of February 2013. That's why I put that and I was like, shit, he said 2014. Okay, I'll take either um, that or any other answer because I fucked up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Hooray>, free answer. <laughs> um, question nine, which game series featured a president of the United States called John Henry Eden, which is actually an AI and an amalgamation of the personalities of all the past presidents of the United States? Toby? Uh, Fallout. Fallout is correct. Which um, one? Question t- uh, um, I believe he's in the end of three, two and three. I was going to say, I'm thinking three, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was the one that came up with the enclaved plan, plan in the it's, second. It's Malcolm McDowell, but I couldn't remember if it was the third. That's why I asked if you wanted game or series. Yeah. Uh, I remember him most vividly from Fallout 3, but I'm pretty sure he's in two. Okay. Question 10 in which Assassin's Creed game do you fight against George Washington in order to stop him becoming the king of the United States? Uh, Ross? Assassin's Creed 3. Correct. Okay. That's the reason why it's not quite as good as Assassin's Creed 2. Yeah, you don't have a fist fight with the Pope, do you? No. I remember getting to that bit and being like, I'm having a fist fight with the actual Pope in the actual (laughs) Vatican. Oh, I, thought, I thought I would love to fist fight with the Pope in the Vatican. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you would, Mr. Agnostic, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's let's tot up the scores and let's figure out how much is Ross got? Five. Five, okay. Toby, can you beat five? Um I've got four, but if I, if you let me have Command and Conquer, even though it's scribbled out, I have five as well. well no, because you gave the wrong answer. No, you first. gave the wrong answer first. <laughs> that's bullshit. <laughs> I'm saying it's scribbled out on my pad, that's all. All right, Paul. <laughs> I'm going with four. Okay, uh, Andy? Yeah, uh, seven. Seven? Seven. Oh, he comes in, he might steal it. <laughs> <laughs> Greg? Um, considering I have my doubts, I've got a full house. Oh, kidding. <laughs> yeah. You've got my answers, I sent them to you. What? <laughs> a ten check. out of ten? <laughs> yeah. Very nice. So he does. Wow, congratulations. Eleven out of ten with a bonus point for the Resident Evil one. Um, <laughs> well Sean, have you have you, uh, have, you ver- have you verified this? Um, I have. He, he's got question marks after some of them, um, <laughs> but, but they are the right answers. answers but he's yes. written down. He, he has actually written down the right answers and just. Put My God, nice work, Greg. Well done. Thank you. Surprised myself with that one. Thanks, Google. I mean, team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice one. Uh, right then. Thank you very much, Sean. A pleasure as always. As always, right then, we're just going to finish off with Out This Week and Holy Shit. What a week ahead of us with Toby Anderson. All right. So this is pretty Xbox heavy, but uh, starting with November the 10th, we've got Enlisted, an MMO squad-based shooter coming to Xbox Series X. We've got Fuser, a DJ mixing game that we just covered um, from Harmonix. That's coming to PS4 and PC. Uh, Tetris Effect Connected. Xbox One and Xbox Series X. And if I'm not mistaken, that's actually on Game Pass as well. Um, Manifold Garden, which I think Sean um, reviewed, and that's coming to Xbox Series X. The Vulcaneer, which I reviewed, which is coming to PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. This is still the same day, folks. Uh, 13, that's X-I-I-I, 13. Um, a remake of the classic cell-shaded shooter. It's coming to PC and PS4. 
Rogue Company is coming to Xbox Series X. Gears Tactics is coming to Xbox Series X and Xbox One. And again, I think that's a Game Pass one too. Uh, Man Eater, the shark or RPG, um, is coming to Xbox Series X. Uh, Liftoff Drone Racing is coming to Xbox One and PS4. <laughs> oh, what's oh, that about? <laughs> wait, for, wait for my review on that one. Woo-hoo. Okay. Uh, Dirt 5 is coming to Xbox Series X. Planet Coaster Console Edition comes to PS4, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X with PS5 to follow later. Uh, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla comes out everywhere. PS4, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and again, PS5 to follow. Uh, no Man's Sky is coming out on Xbox Series X. Yakuza Like a Dragon on Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, um, and again, PS5 to follow a little bit later. Destiny 2 Beyond Light expansion for PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion on Xbox Series X. Observer System Redux on Xbox Series X. Uh, and Xbox One, I must assume there, it's just not saying it here. Um, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition on Xbox Series X. Bright Memory, what used to be Bright Memory Infinite, I think, on Xbox Series X. Warhammer Chaos Bane on Xbox Series X and NBA 2K21 on Xbox Series X. So if you've got an Xbox Series X, there's a lot of things to play on November the 10th. November 11th, one game, a game called Signal, which is like a Sokoban block pusher, um, is coming to Xbox One. Xbox, sorry, I've got it on on the brain now. November, rather. Uh, I'm just going to rename the month Xbox One Month. Uh, Xbox Series X Month. Uh, November 12th. Uh, So we've got Just Dance 2021 coming to PS4, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and again PS5 to follow a bit later on. The Pathless uh, is in that weird limbo where it's coming out on PS4 and PC, but then PS5 to follow a little bit later um, for in, in the UK at least. Uh, Bug Snacks is doing the same thing, so that's PS4, um, but it'll cost you on PS4 and then PC as well. Um, but you can reserve it, it says, on uh, PS5 for free if you're a PS Plus member and you've got, um, even if you haven't got your console yet, ready for when you do get your console. Um, I think the same thing's happening with Spider-Man Miles Morales, although again, that doesn't say properly here, but it, the idea is it's PS4 on November 12th and then PS5 to follow. And a game called Death Comes True, it's also coming out on PS4. And Godfall, which is console exclusive to PS5, but comes to PS uh, comes to PC on November the 12th. And then the last little group for this week, uh, November 13th, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory on PS4, Switch, and Xbox One. The Switch got in there. There we go. Um, the uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which will probably be one of the biggest of this entire list, even with that crazy list, comes out on PS4. Uh, Xbox One and Xbox Series X, and again with PS5 to follow a few days later. Uh, Exit the Gungeon, which is a sequel to the uh, one of those first really successful roguelites, Enter the Gungeon, um, comes to PS4, PC, Switch, and Xbox One, another Switch one. And finally, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered, which Greg is reviewing uh, on PS4, Switch, and Xbox One. <sighs> Nash, a lot. Bloody I thought Need for Speed came out on Friday. Uh, I've got November 13th. It comes out on the 13th on the Switch. It came out Friday, just gone on the PlayStation and Xbox. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Who says Xbox doesn't have any games? It's got plenty. 
Bloody no, it's hell. Just no one, it's just no one cares about them. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> oh. That's not true. Andy cares. That's the important. <laughs> Man, what a week. I didn't know 13 was this week as well. Yep. Everything is. If you think does, of it, it doesn't it's come in this out week. on the 13th, though, does it? That's the annoying thing. I've not seen any gameplay of that at all. No, no. I, I, I had to Google it the other day and it was a bit like, yeah, how oh, it is coming out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good stuff about Bugs Nights as well. If you're listening in America, obviously the PS5 comes out on the 12th. So you can correlate all of those releases to your yeah. PS5 on Thursday or Friday, whenever it is. Um, but yeah, we have to wait a week because it comes out on the 19th over here. So uh, yeah, man, what a week. Crazy stuff. Uh, thank you, Toby. No worries. Right, let's all go to bed. That is the end of the Finger Guns podcast. Thank you all very much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Follow the link tree in the description to find us on Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, all that lot. If you really like what we do, you can follow our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Finger Guns for one pound a month. You can support us, keep the podcast alive on its various public hosting services. And of course, keep the website nice and shiny because the website is currently very nice and shiny and that's the way we like it. Uh, Thank you, Andy, for joining us this week. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, But until then, we'll be back next week with more gamey shenanigans. It is goodbye from Mr. Grey Kicks. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye from Toby Anderson. Sayonara. Goodbye from Andy Manson. Cheers. Goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Goodles. And goodbye from me. Until next time, this has been the Finger Guns Podcast.